Good morning, everybody. Happy All Saints Day. Anybody excited about today? We got a lot going on. Happy, happy All Saints. All right. I'm, uh, if you're new here, I'm Father Sean McCain-Tiras. I'm the rector of the parish, and we're really um, glad to welcome you this morning, especially on such an awesome day. Like, if this is your first time, you do first time at church super well, because we got baptisms, we got membership, we got parties. It's going to be a blast, so we're glad that you're here. Um, Today, as we look uh, at All Saints and sort of what it is to be a saint, I'm even reflecting on a, a, a conversation I just had with my daughter, Braylon, right before the service. Dad, what's, what's a saint? And so we talked about uh, what a saint is. And I hope that this morning I can give you a glimpse of what a saint is and even the invitation that you have in becoming holy as Jesus invites us to be holy with him. We all have those kinds of people that we look up to in our lives, right? It could be parents. It could be um, an artist. It could be an author, a scholar, it could be a social leader, it could be really someone in the community, your neighbor. We all have those figures in our lives that we look to and say, there's something here that's beautiful, that's good, that's true here in this person that draws us, that compels us to these people. For the church, these are the saints, those people who have become living icons of Jesus Christ who is the fullness of goodness, beauty, and truth. He is the fullness of God. In him, we see the incomprehensible, loving creator fully visualized before us. He is the living God. And so sometimes in our lives, we have these people almost as if we can kind of look through them to see the goodness of God, right? These are what the church celebrates as saints, those whose example for us point us further and further to Jesus, to being like him even. This morning, I want to briefly outline how one of those saints has operated in my own life. If you were to come into my study at the house, um, you'd see some books and a desk, but then you'd see up above my desk an icon of St. Oscar Romero, who for me has been a profound mentor, a spiritual companion, especially in these last few years. So I want to tell you about Oscar Romero as we approach the text and as we can talk about the text this morning together. St. Oscar Romero was a Salvadorian, a Salvadorian archbishop who was martyred for speaking up in defiance of a dictatorship government, a right-wing dictatorship government who was opposing a left-wing sort of guerrilla violence as well. You could see that this would be a pretty uh, touchy sort of space to preach the gospel in, right? Well, Oscar Romero um, had such a profound um, witness and message of the violence of love in the middle of this strife. There would be soldiers who were posted in in his church, in his sanctuary, just to intimidate him with uh, armed soldiers, even outdoors, and even soldiers standing in the sanctuary, that he would preach to and say, brothers, put down your weapons. Be converted by the love of Christ. He had such a powerful witness and message. And in the middle of all this instability and violence, which, by the way, disproportionately impacted the poor— Oscar Romero stuck up for the poor. He constantly defended the poor, and he condemned all of the violence and actions of those in power at the expense of the poor. Now, because of this, um, his church was regularly sabotaged. He had a, a radio tower that his sermons would be broadcast to those who couldn't be near to hear the message. That was sabotaged regularly, and they had to rebuild that several times. And he was constantly, again and again, day in and day out, just doing his ministry, 
intimidated, threatened. Often his life was threatened. And then finally in 1980, by the way, none of this deterred his witness. This is what I love about Oscar Romero. And none of this made him a jerk either. But he was so compelled by the love of Christ. He had so seen the kingdom and he was so willing to put his life on the line to defend the poor that no intimidation because God was on his side. He was with God doing the work. Because of this, he had the audacity to preach vocally, to witness very plainly, subversively to these powers and this violence. So in 1980, a right-wing death squad was uh, put a hit on him, and he was assassinated in his parish while celebrating the Eucharist. It's profound, right? How amazing. And I, of what I know and have read of St. Oscar Romero, um, he was very willing to die that way. And this is why the church celebrates him as a saint. Now, his example has changed my life, not only as a brown saint, for me, as a Latino, someone who I can look to and say, this is, this is someone from my own heritage who has bore this beautiful witness. This is so meaningful for me. He has changed my life. And this is why that icon remains on my wall. It's actually, a, I should have put a picture up. It's a pretty interesting icon. It has like Black Hawk helicopters that were, you know, funded by the U.S. government behind him in the background while he's holding a, a child with no shoes and these towns that are burning. It's pretty dramatic. It's a pretty intense scene. But it hangs there. As a witness to me of what it looks like to be like Jesus in such a tough, violent, and unstable place. He has become a friend in some ways, Oscar Romero has. A companion with me in the faith. And there are so many more saints just like Oscar that I bet you and even your story, where you're from, what's on your mind, your gifts, the things that you're thinking about and praying about. I promise you there is a saint that could be a companion for you as well. Someone to look to as an example of what it looks like to follow Jesus in that space, in that time. And in fact, tonight, am I right? There is a gathering talking about the saints and telling some of these stories. So it's so good for us. We even have a visualization of all the saints, not all of them, but a great deal of them right behind us. So that we don't think that we come here starting some sort of party or that we're up here at the table alone. But the whole communion of saints is gathered here together, celebrating at the table. It's, it takes some imagining, doesn't it, for us? It takes us sort of opening our eyes in a more profound and a deeper way. Friends, I want to invite you. Don't walk through this liturgy as if we're walk, sort of going through some motions that don't really mean or do anything. No, 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 no. This is a really precarious place. The communion of saints is with us. The kingdom of God is breaking in. The power of the Holy Spirit is pouring out. Christ has promised to be present. Don't let your doubts or your second guessing at all undermine what God has promised to do this morning with us. Amen? So I want to invite you, open your eyes. The truth is, as we look at these saints, if you're like me, you think, well, I'm nothing like that. <laughs> There's no way I'm as awesome as Oscar Romero, my man. There's no way I'm as awesome as some of these other saints. Lord, I am never going to be as holy as these people. These are rock stars of the faith. How could I ever be something like this? But the truth, the uncomfortable truth is God only makes saints from sinners. He has nothing else to work with but broken people in a very broken world. People like you and me who find themselves being invited to follow Jesus, to obey his commands, even when the going gets tough and to trust him with everything that we have. This is what we see in our readings this morning. 
A God who takes sinners and makes them holy by, by sheer grace, by being in his presence and following Jesus. Now, I want to point out two things that I think in the readings really help us along the way in how God makes our lives holy, how he invites us to be saints. Number one is this, in this reading from Paul, from first, uh, Ephesians 1 by Paul, he talks about this inheritance that's been given to us, an inheritance in Christ. He says that the same power that worked in Christ, raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly realm is the same, listen to me family, listen, is the same exact power that is working in you. What? Easter power? Ascension kind of power? Pentecost kind of power? In me? Yes. The same power that makes him above all authority, above all power, above all dominion, above anything that you might be afraid of or that might threaten you, he has authority over. And his name, above all names, will last forever. This is the power that is working in you, friends. What power in your life contends with that? Anything? Does anything even come close? No. The answer, if you're wondering, no, there's no power comes close. Wow. Now take that in for a second. Here's the other thing that I noticed in these passages. By being willingly gathered around the risen Jesus in his kingdom, we find that we are blessed. Those who mourn, those who weep, those who are sick, those who are poor, those who are in need, when they are willingly gathered around Jesus, they find their lives turned upside down and blessed. And I'm not talking just like happy blessed. I'm talking about the deepest needs of their lives, their soul. Things that need to be made right. Things that they weep for at night. Things that keep them up. They find that when they are around Jesus, their lives are blessed. Notice that it wasn't anything else but being near Jesus. It's because when we are so gathered to the person of salvation... That power that is working in him to raise him is the same power that finds us, heals us, extends grace to us, gives us the forgiveness of sins, washes us clean, and adopts us as children in his family and gives us a brand new life. These are all God's actions on your behalf, friends. You are just invited to come close and be so gathered. This is what we're witnessing this morning right here at this Bizarre looking tank of water. You know, I think if people who aren't familiar with the faith come in, they're like, what kind of business is this? What is happening? We are invited by the Lord to be baptized, commanded actually, be baptized. What that is, is being immersed into the death and resurrection of Jesus. What it is, is being immersed into the triune life through water. What it is, is being rescued by that power. That raised Christ from the dead, we're being unified with here in the waters of baptism. We are marked as his own forever. Nothing can contend with that. With oil, we are marked. We are named adopted. We are crowned in glory. We receive the inheritance of the kingdom. Y'all, this, the goods of this package are like pretty decent, if we could call it that. And not by any work of our own, but being so gathered, coming with hearts full of repentance, saying, yes, Lord, yes. Acknowledging the work that he has done on our behalf, we receive it. And even we receive it on behalf of our children. 
And so in so doing, we're, we're united with the life of Jesus. And we walk with him all the days of our life, figuring out like, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Do you need, this morning, friends, do you need a reminder of who you are in Christ? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I do. Do you need a reminder of the power that's really at work in your life? Who you belong to? How you have been named and sealed? Who has rescued you? Friends, that's what this is about. That's what this whole day hopefully jars us into consciousness remembering. Because the grace of God, the truth is, the grace of God is at work saving the world through Jesus by the power of his spirit. And friends, he's using his saints in that work. That's you. That's why we say y'all saints. All y'all saints. God is at work making us new, making us holy, making us his saints, that we would participate in his rescue in the world, not only in us, but through us for the sake of others. So therefore, this morning, let us abandon all other preoccupations, all other threats and powers and worries as we come eagerly to the baptismal water to be reminded that we are partakers of a divine life here and now, not on layaway, Right now, right here, this morning, that divine life is poured out for us, not only at the water, but also at the table this morning. Friends, are we ready to do this? All right, well, let's do this. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.